0: Thank you for downloading a sermon from the Chapel of the Cross. The Chapel of the Cross is a welcoming, growing, and historic Episcopal Church in Madison, Mississippi. I hope you will join us on Sundays for worship at 7.30am, 8.45am, 11am, and 5pm, with Sunday school for all ages at 10am. I also invite you to connect with the Chapel online at chapelofthecrossms.org. Again, thank you for downloading this sermon. We pray it will enrich your walk with Christ. God bless you, and we look forward to welcoming you and your family to the Chapel of the Cross. Jesus said to them, Go and tell that fox for me. Listen, I am passing out demons and performing cures today and tomorrow. And on the third day, I finish my work. I speak to you in the name of one God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. There is a game we like to play in the Compton household. We call it the Fox Gang. But its actual name is Catch the Fox. You can buy it at your local Walmart for a reasonable price to play with your children and grandchildren. It's, uh, it's big fun. It's an easy game. It's a catchy game. Uh, but as a disclaimer, I should let you know that there's a little bit of chaos attached. Just a little bit of chaos. There is a fox that stands about this high and each player takes a turn rolling the dice, or in my children's case, throwing the dice somewhere across the room, and you either roll a one or a two. And however, however, whatever you roll, that is how many chickens you put into this sack that is pulled up to the waist of the fox. And so on that sack are two pockets. And so you take those chickens and you place them in the pockets. And so with each passing turn, the pockets of that sack that the fox is holding, they fill up more and more and more. But here's where the fun begins. Here's how the winner is determined. Here is where the chaos begins. Because you know it always has to begin somewhere. After the player puts their chickens or chicken in the pockets of that sack, they have to press the head down on the fox one time. And after so many presses of the fox's head, you don't know how many times it's going to be. You don't even know what player's turn. It's going to happen, but it does eventually happen. The fox loses that sack and the chickens are thrown and scattered about, and here's where the chaos comes in, and you have to gather up the chickens and fill up your coop. And so the person who saves the most chickens is the winner of the game. As I said, there is a lot of chaos attached. But my favorite part of the game happens before the game even really begins. As determined in the rules, the player who goes first is a player that can do the best impression of a chicken. I always go last, but it gives me great laughter and joy to be the judge between my two kids, John Owen and Addie, as to who can do the best impression of a chicken as they are clucking their wings and balking around like a chicken. It's great fun. It is quite the popular game in the Compton household, and it's gotten to the point where my second oldest now, We'll just go to the closet, reach up, pull it down off the shelf, and bring it to me before we go to bed. I was reminded of the fox game today with our gospel lesson. With this, this insult, this, this sort of a jab that Jesus takes at Herod. Go and tell that fox for me. Go and tell that fox for me that I will not be moved. I will not be shaken. That I'm going to be here today and tomorrow. then the next day I will move along after I accomplish my goal. Nothing is going to get in Jesus' way of showing forth the kingdom of God, of healing those who are sick, of casting out those who are possessed by demons. We often see the fox trying to weasel its way into the chicken coop. We often associate the fox with uh, sneakiness, with shiftiness, Perhaps the fox cannot be trusted, sort of underhanded. That's what we think of when we think of a fox. In Greek literature, the fox was associated with cleverness, which is not that bad of an association. But in the Old Testament, the fox was associated with destruction. Destruction. And I think that is what our Lord is getting at today when he refers to Herod as that fox. This is the same Herod who had John the Baptist beheaded in prison. This is not Herod the Great who was around when Jesus was born, but this is his son Herod. And he was the ruler. He was the tetrarch of the northernmost region, Galilee, in Israel, where most of Jesus' ministry took place. So it stands to reason that he had been getting reports And people coming back to him, telling him about what Jesus has been doing in his ministry, about these wonderful signs that Jesus has been doing in his ministry. Herod seems to be this ever-looming presence in the Gospels, but he and Jesus never actually meet face-to-face until Jesus' passion. So these Pharisees, they come to Jesus as Jesus has turned his face towards Jerusalem. He is on his way to Jerusalem, journeying towards that city to accomplish God's plan of salvation with his death and his crucifixion. So he has turned his sights towards Jerusalem. He is journeying that way, and he is going through these small towns and villages doing what he can be found doing. Preaching, teaching, spreading the good news, casting out demons and healing people. And that's when he is approached by this group of Pharisees that say, get away from here, you are not safe. Leave, Herod is trying to kill you. Jesus calls Herod's bluff. He will not be moved. He is on a mission, a mission from God. And he tells them, go tell that fox that no ruler, no power, no authority is going to sway me, is going to deter me from delivering the good news of the kingdom of God. Nothing is going to throw me off the path of revealing what God is like, revealing God's love, God's justice, the fact that God loves all persons, and that his grace and love is available for all persons. And we see that often in the Gospels. Jesus has these this opposition approach him many times. And they try to throw him off course, but Jesus will not be swayed. I think we can learn from Jesus in this instance. I think we can take a page out of our Lord's playbook. There are those powers and those authorities. There are those foxes out there who would throw us off our call, who would throw us off our path of preaching God's good justice, of preaching the love of God. Of reaching down and lifting up the lowly, of preaching good news to the poor, of bringing those on the margins back into the center, of spreading the good news of God in Jesus Christ, of denouncing violence. By our, by virtue of our baptism, we are called and we are all sent by God. But there are those forces, there is evil out there that would rather we didn't speak up and speak out. They would rather we kept quiet. They would rather we didn't strive for justice and peace and respect the dignity of every human being. There are those forces, those people who would rather we didn't love our neighbor as ourself and show forth the kingdom of God by denouncing violence and spreading the good news of God and Jesus Christ. This past Wednesday, I was sitting down at my desk, and I had just sort of scanned the news wire, and I thought to myself, we haven't had a mass shooting in quite some time. I actually thought that, but it wasn't some sort of sense of relief. There was no sense of relief. It was sort of a holding my breath, waiting for it to happen, knowing that at some point, the news wires would break with the coverage, that someone had entered a building and committed horrific acts of violence. And of course, we got that this week, yet again, as a gunman entered two mosques in Christchurch, New Zealand, and killed 50 people, 50 people. Our call as Christians is to not be swayed, but to stand up and speak out against all forms of violence, against all forms of bigotry, And racism and those things that hold us back from loving one another, from being united together in God. If someone enters a Muslim mosque and opens fire, we have to denounce that because those Muslims are our brothers and sisters. If someone enters a Jewish synagogue like they did back in the fall and opens fire, we have to denounce that. That is our Christian call as followers of Christ because those Jews are our brothers and sisters. if someone enters a Baptist church in Texas and does the same thing, opens fire on innocent people who are worshiping the same God we are worshiping right now, we must denounce that. That is our call as Christians to stand up against all forms of violence because those Baptists who were praying in that church, those Muslims who were praying in that mosque, those Jews who had gone to synagogue, they are all our brothers and sisters. We are to be united on this front. Nothing is to hold us back. No evil is to sway us from denouncing this violence, from spreading the good news of God in Jesus Christ and from spreading the love of God in Jesus Christ. By virtue of your baptism, that is your charge as you leave this place. Each time someone else is baptized into the body of Christ here, We renew our baptismal covenant. and We vow. We vow. Will you seek and serve Christ in all persons loving your neighbor as yourself? Will you respect the dignity of every human being? Will you speak up and speak out? Will you not be silent? Will you not let those forces that oppose God's goodness in this world win? Will you be united? Will you be united and speak up? And be a voice for all persons. And our answer is always yes. Tell those foxes we will with God's help. Amen.